Hey everyone, this is another Patreon preview. This is our part two in our General Strikes in the United States series. We're going to be covering the San Francisco waterfront dock workers strike. And uh, it's a it's a really interesting story. And honestly, it's a, there's also lots of really great jokes in it. If you want the whole thing, go to patreon.com slash workstoppage and support us with $5 a month. It is how we do the show as an entirely listener supported show. And we really appreciate it. Otherwise, I'll let you get right to the clip. Solidarity. You know, after the strike is launched, all the ports on the West Coast are shut down. The ruling class press is screaming bloody murder. And the shippers are like, fine, we're going to break this strike. We're going to bring in thousands of scabs. And again, this is the Great Depression, so there's a lot of people out of work. And so they they bring in a ton of scabs, and they decide we're going to you know how we're going to beat these picket lines? We're going to put them on barges. <laughs> they actually they, they forced the scab to live on barges at the port so that the picket lines could not physically prevent them from getting to the boats. Wow, that's even a step up crazier than uh, what happened at Homestead where they were sending Pinkertons up on boats. They're like, what if you just lived on the boat? <laughs> what if the <laughs> yeah. scabs were just, they, they were like barnacles? So this is a, this is a this is a company town, but on international waters. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's still within it's, San Francisco. This is some John Bay. McAfee shit. But but this is some of. this is some John McAfee shit. This is harebrained <laughs> <Yes>. as fuck. <laughs> well, and the best part, my favorite part, though, is 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 that they. I wish I could have seen the look on their faces because they clearly thought this was an incredible move. They're just like, <laughs> stupid workers. They think they can block our scabs. Well, not if the scabs are already in the port. And so in response to that, the workers had a different plan. The Teamsters now enter the scene. And the Teamsters in these major port cities that are on strike, they're just like, oh, hey, they're bringing in scabs. Well, it's not going to do them much good if those scabs get the stuff off the boats and there's no one there to haul them. So those Teamsters in cities up and down the West Coast voted overwhelmingly to refuse to haul any goods to or from the docks as long as the shipping strike continued. Ooh, I love solidarity. And so, and the Teamsters were fired up about this. So San Francisco Teamsters local president, Mike Casey, remarked that, quote, Nothing on earth could have prevented that vote. In my 30 years leading these men, I have never seen them so worked up, so determined to walk out, end quote. Oh, beautiful. And, and they were right because, you know, it doesn't matter how many scabs you hire to replace the dock workers. They can pull everything on those boats out and onto the docks. If nobody shows up to pick them up, they're not going anywhere. They're not making anybody any money. And... So this starts to cascade. The port strike now begins to create de facto lockouts at nearby businesses because they are unable to procure their normal goods. And at the same time, in response to these lockouts and the continued attacks on the striking dock workers, more and more unions in San Francisco vote to join the strike. And this just continues to escalate the fear and rage among San Francisco's ruling class who are organized in the city's industrial association and of course the chamber of commerce and they they just started screaming for violence so J.M. Uh, Maillard Jr., president of the, the chamber of commerce had a, a very measured response 
Yeah, uh, he said, quote, The San Francisco waterfront strike is out of hand. It is not a conflict between employer and employee, between capital and labor. It is a conflict which is rapidly spreading between American principles and un-American radicalism. (laughs) The welfare of business and industry and the entire public is at stake in the outcome of this crisis. End quote. (laughs) This motherfucker really said national security at the turn of the century. <laughs> yeah, no, because these dock workers are disrupting the economy. <laughs> like that's what this, this is what they're saying today. And so the national ILA leadership in response to the growing strike rushed Joe Ryan back out to the West Coast to try and call the strike off. He flew out there to meet with the San Francisco local leadership. He met with workers and downplayed their demands to end the shape-up, continuing to claim, quote, the only vital point at issue is recognition of the ILA, end quote. (laughs) No, Uh, we mean it this time. (laughs) And again, because he's refusing to listen to them, the workers are just like, all right, man, go away. (laughs) Like, we got this shit handled and you're just trying to screw it up. Sure, buddy. Sure, buddy. We're going to, you know, here, come uh, talk to the dog on the phone. (laughs) <laughs> well, and so and so they're just like, yeah, we're not ending the strike because we haven't won our demands. Our demands are not just recognition of the union. And so in response to the workers not listening to him, Ryan himself then told reporters that the strike was a communist plot totally unsupported by the union. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard to see why very shortly after this strike, these workers left the ILA. Really hard to figure out why. <laughs> Yeah, red baiting Um, your the the entirety of a union who is presenting like unified demands and be like they're not unified. I mean, sure they're all unified, but no, they're not unified. (laughs) Well, because it's like, oh, how many levels of business unionism are you on? Oh, you are like a little baby. Watch this. (laughs) Red baits his own union. Like, (laughs) what are you doing, man? So, (sighs) of course, the workers just like, no, we're not. Fuck you. They haven't answered our demands. We're still on strike. And so since trying to use the the conservative leadership to stop the strike didn't work, writing a bunch of angry press about it didn't work to demobilize the workers or actually demobilize local support for the strike. Now the ruling class turned to their favorite uh, response to this, repression. And so... On the very first day of the strike, police violently broke up a 500-worker-strong picket line at the port. And so after that, the next day, many workers arrived at picket lines armed, which is the part where it would stop in the bourgeois history, armed with little more than bricks, but ready to defend themselves. It's soup for their family. That's right. (laughs) And so once again, though, on that second day, police again attacked the picket lines, firing directly in the lines of unarmed men with shotguns and covering the area in tear gas. And these sorts of conflicts and, 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 and you know, uh, literal fights between the workers and the cops would continue throughout the strike. And the strike continued for months. So the Chamber of Commerce eventually, a little less than two months into the strike, they put their foot down with the government and told them, look, you have to open the port. We need our profits. And so at this point, the police basically put together a military operation to force the port open. They organize an armed escort for scab trucks to scab against the Teamsters to go pick up scab goods from the scab dock workers. 
And they bring a full 700 police officers dispatched to open the port, escorting those trucks. Strikers, they're like, okay, fine. You got 700 cops. We got more than 700 workers. (laughs) And they just engaged the convoy, uh, physically attempting to stop the trucks from moving. And that just turned the whole scene into a mass of clubs, tear gas, and, and, and actual firearms with the police just shooting into the crowd. And so Mike Quinn, who's a historian, in his book, The Big Strike, described the confrontation that ensued. Quote, With a single accord, the great mass of pickets surged forward. The Embarcadero became a vast tangle of fighting men. Bricks flew and clubs battered skulls. The police opened fire with revolvers and riot guns. Clouds of tear gas swept the picket lines and sent the men choking in defeat. Mounted police were dragged from their saddles and beaten to the pavement. The cobblestones of the Embarcadero were littered with fallen men. Bright puddles of blood colored in the gray expanse. Squads of police looked like Martian monsters in their special helmets and gas masks led the way, flinging gas bombs ahead of them. End quote. Wow. wow. Uh, uh, look like Martian monsters. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I think that's a really good description. Yeah. Uh, like, especially I, when you look at some of the old timey gas masks, because again, this is 1934. I, I think absolutely. It's a, that's a really good way of describing. I couldn't help but uh, picture, what is it, the Darth helmet from Spaceballs yeah. <laughs> yeah, as, yeah. the poli- as all of the police officers. I, I just partic- like bumping into each other. <laughs> I particularly like the line, mounted police were dragged from their saddles and beaten to the pavement. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, something. There's a, it's got a ring to it. Uh, so, real strikers in the... <laughs> yeah. As I went walking one day down in Frisco, as I went walking in Frisco one day, I spied a longshoreman all dressed in white linen, Dressed in white linen and cold as the clay I see by your outfit that you are a worker These words he did say as I slowly walked by Sit down beside me and hear my sad story For I'm shot in the breast and I know I must die It was down on the front where I worked on the cargoes Worked on the cargoes ten hours a day I lost my right fingers because of the speed up The speed up that killed many a man in my day With too much of a sling load on old rusty cable The boss saved ten dollars, ten dollars I say That old rusty sling broke and fell on my buddy Ten lousy bucks carried Jimmy away Those were the days when the boss owned the union We poor working stiffs, we had nothing to say Ours was to work and to keep our big trap shut We stood in the shape up for a dollar a day But our children were hungry, their clothing was tattered It's then that we workers began to get wise We tore up our think books and listened to bridges Saying, look at your kids, brothers, let's organize Strong and united, we went to the bosses For better conditions and a decent day's pay The bosses just left and we all had a meeting That's why we're hitting the bricks here today. 
Our struggles were many, our struggles were bloody. We fought the ship owners with all that we had. With thousands of dollars they tempted our leaders, but our guys were honest, they couldn't be had. It was there on the line that I marched with my brothers, it was there on the line as we proudly walked by. The cops and the soldiers, they brought up their rifles, I'm shot in the breast and I know I must die. Four hundred strikers were brutally wounded, four hundred workers and I left to die. Remember the day, sir, to all of your children, this bloody Thursday, the 5th of July. Don't beat the drum slowly, don't play the fife slowly, don't play the dead march as they carry me along. There's wrongs that need righting, so keep right on fighting, and lift your proud voices in proud union songs. Fight on together, you organized workers. Fight on together, there's nothing to fear. Remember the martyrs of this bloody Thursday. Let nothing divide you and victory is near.